production note. This episode of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast featuring an interview with Margot Rose was recorded on July 5th, 2023, nine days prior to the strike called by SAG-AFTRA. This is the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. We're Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, and we love talking all things science fiction. This is season four, but our human adventure is just beginning as we gather around our computer consoles to discuss the science fiction of film, television, and literature. Join us on our quest for fun and fascination as we go where no podcast has gone before. Everyone has permission to come aboard the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, but make sure to find your seat fast because we're taking off in three, two, one. Hit it. This podcast is a part of the Trek Geeks Network. Happy day, listeners of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. It's Adina, and I'm here with two of my co-hosts, Briss, Chris and Brian. Briss and Brian. You just combined our two names. Already, cool. already. It's, it's one of those days already. Well, and we're also here with a very special guest. Her name is Margot Rose. And for those of you Trekkies, especially TNG Trekkies, you know her as Eileen from the TNG episode, The Inner Light. Now, this is really special because The Inner Light is frequently hailed as or voted as one of the best or most favorited episodes out of 178 episodes. So now, number one out of 178 is pretty impressive. I'm a, I'm a numbers gal, so I did some math, and that puts this episode in the top 0.5% of episodes. So yes, even if it's not your personal favorite, but maybe in the top 10, then it's in the top 5% of all TNG episodes, and that's still pretty pretty amazing. Now, it's one of my top favorite episodes, but not, not for the reasons most people cite, which we might get into. And for those of you listening who span the rest of the sci-fi universe and even non-sci-fi sci-fi TV, you've seen Margot in episodes of everything from Hill Street Blues to Night Court to the original 21 Jump Street, Beverly Hills 90210, Melrose Place, Lois and Clark, Chicago Hope, The West Wing, Numbers, Desperate Housewives, and so much more. Plus, tired. I know, I know. Well, she's an accomplished singer and songwriter with an amazingly lovely voice. So hopefully we'll be able to put some links to where you can hear some of her songs. And we'll talk about all that and more today. So let me say welcome, Margo. How are you Thanks. doing after all of that? Thanks, Adina. I don't know. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm blushing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's get some of the inner light stuff. At, we have to, we have to course, go there first. To. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, how does it feel to be, you know, on not just an episode, but one of the most beloved episodes? Uh, well, it's, it, it, thank God it was, uh, you know, a slow burn, you know, in, mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, I, I, I didn't go to a, um, I didn't really enter the world. I didn't go to a, a to a, a con until I went to the Vegas in, in, oh, I don't even, I don't know now, maybe 2012 or even a little bit before that. But, you know, I didn't go for a, a number of years. And then, so I didn't really know that much about that it was really popular, you know, even back then. And, and then I went and, and it was like, you know, I had no idea what to expect. And I went mm-hmm. and it was, I, I had nothing but nothing but a, a thousand percent positive mm-hmm. experiences. 
at the at the uh, cons that I've been to. I've only gone to the Vegas ones, but but I've been to I think I don't know maybe five or six something like that. Wow. The last one was the, in 2017 where they honored the inner light. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I had a better deal there from the <laughs> company, and also we had a, a panel with Patrick and 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 Sir Patrick and and Morgan Gandell, and which was which was phenomenal. You know, it was the mm-hmm. biggest auditorium, and there were 50 gazillion people there, and you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, it was uh, you know Queen for a day. So, you know, King and Queens for a day, and. Um, and that's that's extraordinary to you know i mean i certainly having been an actor you know i've done a lot of theater but it's just it's different you know it's different <laughs> it's different with four thousand people in an auditorium so um but but it, it, it was a slow burn in terms of understanding how popular the episode was and i and i think that it was a slow burn that it became that mm-hmm. um you know and then by by i don't know maybe the 15 or 14, 15, something like that. You know, all of a sudden it was like, this is one of the top five episodes. Mm-hmm. Ah, and, you know, and Patrick was even saying mm-hmm. um, that he thought it was the fan favorite and, and also that he really loved it himself. And, you know, he said that, you know, before. And um, so uh, it, thank God that it didn't all just like, <laughs> um, um, because I was, you know, I'd gone to, to the, to the cons and I'd, seen people and I've met a lot of people and, and see kind of this extraordinary synergy between the, the fans and, you know, um, the, all those of us that either work in front of the camera or behind. And, and there is, a there is, I mean, there's a, the re, you know, the kinds of people that really f- avidly follow Star Trek, um, like us. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, you know, my experience has been that to a person, uh, you are people who uh, hold pretty much the same kind of humankind type of beliefs that I do, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, that there's, there's, a, you know, there's optimism, there's, you know, uh, it's just a very humanistic form of, of, um, of belief, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the people that tend to love Star Trek tend to be that kind of person. So how can you go wrong? You know, right. mm-hmm. um, uh, but it, but it, but it's been, uh, it, it's amazing, you know, and I, and I guess I brought up the panel because that was kind of the pinnacle of like, whoa, this is a really mm-hmm. popular thing that I happened to score, you know, after mm-hmm. auditioning for, I don't know, seven or eight times for, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, for for TNG. Oh, for TNG! Wow. Yeah, just for TNG. For that episode coming back, no, or no, for several episodes for, for, like- for, for TNG for the series. Um, Junie Lowry, Junie Lowry Johnson was the um, uh, the casting person, and 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 she cast me in a couple of other things. We knew each other, and you know when you when you uh, work even just as the kind of proletariat working actor that you know. Um, that I, I was in a lot of the eighties and nineties. Um, you get to know certain casting people and, you know, there are certain ones that like you and, you know, they have certain favorite actors, blah, blah, blah. And it takes a while to realize that when you don't get a part, but then they call you another time for another part on the same series. It's like, Oh, they like me. Not, not I'm trying to look for that part. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm not getting that part, but that they're trying to find me the right part. Mm -hmm. So so I consider myself extraordinarily lucky that out of all the things I might have, I might have booked. And then, you know, it's, it's unlikely with a Star Trek. I've, I've done multiple 
spots on other shows where it didn't judging Amy, where it didn't matter if I was two different lawyers, two different years or something. Mm -hmm. But um, with Star Trek, you know, you're not going to usually come back, you know, mm -hmm. um, that of all the things that I could score, that was, Il it was Aline. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, it was the stars aligned. Right. Right. I didn't have this thought till years later, but years later, I did th think that they could have done like a, a second episode where mm. it was really, you know, him just remembering of like some because, you know, with with Picard living that whole life, he's got a lifetime worth of memories in his head. Yeah. They could have done some episode where that tapped into his memories there. Well, why don't you write to Patrick? Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, Daniel, Daniel and I, his son Daniel and I, every mm -hmm. once in a while we chat on Twitter. Not for mm -hmm. a while, but he used to say, Mom, Mom, can you do my laundry? Mom. <laughs> He's a doll. But, uh -huh. yeah, I, I think Morgan, I don't know if it was that exact tack, which is a great idea, mm -hmm. but Morgan used to talk about doing this, another, you know, uh, uh, script uh, along that, you know, with that planet and everything. Yeah. Well, and that's what, what really always fascinated me about that episode is, you know, again, I love the relationship, but that whole thought of you have this, this planet and they are realizing it's not just a, an existential crisis. They're having a real crisis and how they handle it to preserve their legacy. That always spoke to me and that I've always been fascinated by. So to learn more about the society that created, a, you know, an institution that did that you know, to send out a probe, like, look, we're not going to be forgotten. Our son's going to go Nova, but we are not going to be forgotten. Let's, let's throw this out and hope it, <laughs> hope it hits a mark. Um, and maybe they sent out more, you know, cause just sending out I one, thought of that. maybe they sent out, oh, I've true. spent a lot of time, this episode, I've spent a lot of time thinking about those kinds of things. <laughs> hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I, 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 I just recently rewatched the episode Margot, because I haven't seen it in quite some time. And I, I remember watching it when it came out. I'm old enough to have watched the whole original run of Next Gen. Every Saturday night, it was the, my favorite night of the week. Yep. And um, it hit me. And I've seen this episode so many times through the years. But it's been since before I had children since I watched this episode. And it hit me so differently. Really? I mean, any type, I mean, how I watch movies and film and television is different now mm -hmm. with kids. Yep. I respond differently. I'm, yep. I'm a musician too. And I'm, I'm an emotional guy. I cry at movies and stuff like that. It's hilarious. Cause my wife is always looking, are you crying yet? Oh, it's so cute. You know? Um, but it's, so I'm watching this and first of all, I forgot just how beautifully it was shot. It's it's got wonderful cinematography and of course the music is just beautiful and um it just hit me so much harder now as a dad of when you think of Captain Picard's story and then your character's story too how you were waiting for him to finally say yes let's have a family together my wife and I were 10 years into our marriage and then we finally had the desire and we couldn't for several years and it was gut wrenching. It was, you know, so to hear just watch your character really want to have kids and waiting for him to be ready for that and being patient with him was just so touching. But then then just the reveal at the end was I was weeping and trying to hold it together, you know, and, <laughs> and my wife is there and uh, and it was just it just hits. It still holds up. 
it still mm-hmm. holds up and yeah. that's amazing i i have to admit that like i mean it's you know it's a little bit of a you have to wrap your mind of, around some things a few times to to be have the remove to cry at something that mm-hmm. is your, yeah. but um i find that um that last scene mm-hmm. when they each come out and they each come out and by the time raw um Rob is is at by the time Richard is has come out, um, and he's like, you know, and and yeah. then uh. and then and then Aline says, "My love," and and that that gets me. That mm-hmm. you know that that cracks me up. I'm I'm a very ridiculously easy crier, and mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't take much. But still, you know, when you're watching your work, you tend to, you know, you there's a remove. But with that, yeah, the last, I, I think it holds up too. I, I'm, I'm really, yeah. um, uh, I feel very, very lucky and honored, and you know. Do you easily watch yourself on like? It, are you oh, like? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no! 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 As the time goes by, darling, daughter, uh, I, I remember. I remember <laughs> the last time that I. I mean, I can watch things, mm-hmm. you know, from you know when I was. Yeah, you know, I can watch mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I can watch up until a certain point. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember uh, what was it? It was a uh, um, ment- the Mentalist. Mm-hmm. That was a Mentalist. I did an episode of the Mentalist with what's his name? That that that, that good looking Brit guy. Oh, yeah. the guy with the the main guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I never yeah. watched the name. show. I never yeah. that one. Yeah, I, I, I did an I did an episode. You know, guest on an on, on an episode of that and. There was this one scene that I was in. <laughs> See, even now they shot. Um, it was in daylight, and they shot from the you know the profile and the angle in daylight, and then and it was and and I was watching it by myself from there, and I was like, ah! and I just was Aww. like covering my eyes, and, and you know, it's like, oh my, ne- I'm going to die. My neck, it's like turkey. It's like, you know, I was just dying. Mm. What we see, you know, is is um, I mean, you know, I'm still convinced I saw what I saw, yeah. but you know, and so I'm I'm telling a friend of mine like I'm getting my arm ready for the heroin needle, you know, it's like <laughs> I, <laughs> it was just um, it, 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 shocking as you know because I don't know we don't I don't I don't I don't um, I don't have a picture of myself as old. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I, and I like that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't define myself that way. I don't go about the world that way. I think it's best for me, you know, because yeah, yeah. It keeps me from falling into that, that sinkhole. So Simon you know? Baker was that actor's name, I think. Simon Baker. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. I be, yeah. I could tell Adina was looking it up online too. And I, I beat was, her yes. for <laughs> once the first time <laughs> in over a year of the big sci-fi. I beat her looking something <laughs> up. That, oh, Adina, yeah. Do you, are you, are you encyclopedia? <laughs> Well, you, I, you know, I, I'm fast with the keyboard. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so can I ask you another question? Sure. Although maybe uh, I have a music related question, but maybe we should let Chris. I, Chris has got to have an inner inner light question or something, because I don't want to jump too far ahead. But I've got yeah. a music question I'm dying to ask you. Yeah. I, I always I always ask our guests this because Trek people always talk about Trek being word perfect. What was the dialogue like for you and trying to remember all the dialogue and hmm. getting it word perfect? Um, okay, so 
I, I have a thing that, that I don't mean every, you know, Shakespeare's not a snap, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, um, you know, the actor's nightmare is just like, like ha- the nightmare where you, you know, like you're like on the toilet and the curtain goes up, but you know, it's just like the <laughs> actor's nightmare. It's like the worst thing ever, you know, it's like the curtain goes up and you're like, blah, 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 blah. Um, but um, well, I've, I've always, it, 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 despite the fact that certain parts, you know, being very word heavy or, you know, blah, 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 blah. I have always found that when something is well-written, it's mm-hmm. um, the, the better written it is, the easier it is to, to, to memorize word perfect. Um, the more sense it makes, the more logical it is, the more it's the way people actually talk <laughs> or mm-hmm. even a proximity, you know, it, it, it's, <laughs> it becomes, you know, it's tripping me off the tongue. It becomes, it becomes much easier. So um, I don't remember it. I don't remember any, I don't remember that as being something that, that I focused on, you know, that I have a difficult memory about or anything like that. And, you know, I, I remember a lot of things, you know, having, it's a long time ago now, but I, I remember a lot of particular things about, you know, Patrick had to stand on a half an apple box for a kiss. You know, <laughs> um, oh my goodness! You got to hear this That's story. Fantastic. <laughs> That's. I mean, that was. You know, I. I. Um, yeah, I had several inches on him, and um, it, not a whole apple, but you know, there's <laughs> a whole apple box or half an apple box. You know, it depends. So, but he did have to stand on a little half an apple box to get him up to, I mean, I don't think they even tried to make him my height. They just didn't want him to be right. You know, Woody Allen to my, you know, Andy <laughs> Hall to, you know, uh, uh, so he did have, and I, the little things like that, I remember. And, and it finally came out in the panel that, um, uh, that the, the director of that episode was a very sweet man. He was an editor, but he didn't know what he was doing. So, um, wow. Uh, yeah, he and 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 I. They didn't say it like that at right. all. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Please don't. Oh well, this is you know, do something to that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, no, he. I shouldn't say he didn't know what he was doing. He he was just he got a little lost. He got a little lost. He was oh, very you, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and he so now in the final. Yeah, because yeah. the episode, episode is looks again. Great. It's like yeah. Well, that's great. because <laughs> Patrick and the and and the DP uh, kind of took over, and very uh-huh. and very p- politely as Patrick. Sir Patrick would always do very politely said, can we just give you a hand, you know, <laughs> and pretty much took over, uh, uh, you know, the D- the DP who was wonderful. I can't remember his name and Patrick pretty much, you know, very early on. Took Interesting. Over. Oh, was yeah. it, I was just thinking about the story. Was it, was it difficult to keep track of when each scene, like how much time had passed from the previous scene? No, I was, I had, I had the crutch of, my of different uh ages on me the makeup and- yeah right yeah i mean you know i was thinking like that my first was like kind of you know the boofy hair and <laughs> it's like you know like this little kind of boofy hairdo but you know the first was the first and it's my empire waist and it's young and young and then you know the next i was like oh i look like my sister you know the next was a little you know older and a little gray and you know and then it's so i i I, I don't remember it being difficult um, to to keep track of that a lot because of the makeup and hair, but <clears throat> but also 
I think it's, I think it's, I, yeah, it's a really goddamn good script, oh, you know, yeah. because because it was very rooted in in place of time. It was very, you know, I think it had to be because here, you know, we were jumping out of time for Patrick and trying to make this man who didn't just automatically forget. It's not like he woke up and knew where he was and he that knew that he was, you know, in this other life and I was his wife. It's like he woke up like, who are you? You know, <laughs> get me back to my bridge, man, you know, and and that's a hard thing to come to figure out how dramatically, right? <laughs> And they gave it time and they gave it breath. Right. But that's a hard thing to 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 make that, I think, make sense. So I think there was a lot of work on the passage of time and, you know, how what was happening with him. And, oh, now he's really working on the flute. Now he really cares about the flute. You know, oh, look, now he's doing this thing. Now he's doing. This. So I think they rooted it in kind of what was happening mm. action wise. Yeah. And so for that reason, for me, it, it never I don't remember it being a difficult thing, you know. It just seems so smooth, too. That's part of the yeah. reason why I think the episode works mm -hmm. and remains a fan favorite is besides the themes of it overall is um, watching it this time again, like I, I love the character of Bataille, too. And uh, one yes. of my favorite scenes is just a quick interaction between you and him when he's sitting out on the front porch with card and he's playing his flute on the stairs and you come out and you like just tap him on a shoulder and say go home, go home. yeah i know like get out and he just looks Dude. up yes ma'am you know yeah. I mean, it just yes, it was mm -hmm. so smooth and just i i became entrenched as if this was my family this time around like you know when i saw it and saw it many times i was a much younger man much more immature and less experienced in life but i just it the relate i think what you're saying is it was well written and therefore it helped everyone just yeah it was just like it was so easy and it was it, so easy and, and although i don't remember specific moments of direction you know mm -hmm. from patrick or from i think patrick mainly with the acting and and, and mm -hmm. rtp mainly with moves and things but uh and i don't know so i don't know how much of that was how much of it what you just said really made me think of something how much of it was um instinctual you know and how mm -hmm. much of it was led but that moment i loved that too because mm -hmm. i had a sense and i know richard did without any more dialogue right that we were dear friends yeah and that there was a a really strong vibrant community <laughs> you know and that it, that it was yep. not you know it, there was not an isolated you know family, 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 family. It was a very connected community, you know? And, and so my husband's best friend was my dear friend and, yes, you know, yeah. and he, I could just, and he could say, you know, mm. and, and, and to, you know, to be able to, I mean, that's the magic of drama and theater and television and film in particular, because you have less, you know, words and less time and less, mm -hmm actors making faces to go on, you know, but to have it just be a, a quick exchange like that. Thanks for yeah. bringing that up, yeah. you know, to have it just this quick exchange. And then, you know, so much more about these mm -hmm. people, right? Yeah. 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 It's perfect. I, I can't imagine, you know, there, that's the thing. There are no, there are few scenes in all of Star Trek that like surpass that kind of interaction. It's great. Um, you mentioned the theater 
Uh, yes. did, did you, so you, like, you know, one of the things that I've been learning throughout this process as we talk to people is really how much theater training everyone I, seems to have. I you read do. that in, in the prep questions. Yeah. yeah. I, that's interesting to me when I think about it. I think, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know too many, too much about some of the other uh, regulars or guest chat. Well, that's not true. I'm Renee, Renee everyone, <laughs> you know, people mm-hmm. like that, but certainly Sir Patrick and, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I, I don't know. And I know Jonathan, but, but, um, but that's great. And it would make sense to me kind of, you know, but yeah, I, I, I started in theater when I was 10 years old, when I was, when we moved to Indiana. Did from, you ever consider doing anything else? <laughs> no, isn't that just, I mean, that's not true. I, you know, I mean, I, I was very, um, I, in, in my senior year in high school, I, I, I was like, I'm either, I, I had this written in somebody's, my best friend's book. I'm either going to be an actor. Or, I'm, I'm either going to be an actress. Or I'm going to join the Peace Corps. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I was, I was, a, I was a, an activist and, you know, and it, those, and the, you know, I grew up in very volatile times you know i went to yale drama school uh the year that kent state happened oh, oh wow. wow yeah so i was you right know right up like, the street from me you know later from you oh oh that's right sure yeah you know i was like later from you, yale drama school i gotta go get tear guest you know yeah and, right yeah um so uh and i and i and i've always felt like i just had to believe that art you know, is a, is a community service, you know, and I do, but, um, but I, I could, I would be happier had my life been a little bit fuller of service, you know, not, not that it's over, but, you know, right. Yeah. But it's no, it's, it's, it, there was never any, uh, contest. It was okay. always gonna be theater. Can, Did, can um, I oh, oh, go, go ahead? Go ahead. No, you go I ahead. was going to, I was going to break in with the music stuff. Cause go, go. I'm a songwriter and musician, have been for years in right. uh, Kachi on Reverb Nation. Um, you posted stuff a while back on A while on back, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but wonderful folk music. You should check it out on ReverbNation.com if you're listening. Um, but how how does that kind of supplement or fill, or when did that come into play for you as a, already a creative person, as an actor, but... How does when did that start to happen in your life? And well, it started to happen very early. I wrote my first song for my dad when I was seventeen. Oh wow! But it, you know, it, it, that it it didn't go any place beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started writing a little bit in New York when I was in New York. But then when I got to California, mm. um, I I came here. Uh, uh, with a show called I'm Getting My Act Together and Taking It on the Road, which is a off-Broadway show that uh, uh, Gretchen Cryer and Nancy Ford wrote. And it, it was, it's was it been one of the most important things in my life and in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it for a year in New York. I originated the role that I played, which was one of the two backup singers, which was Alice, the backup singer. Mm-hmm. And then I did it for New York for a year, which was you know thrilling to o- actually open a show, albeit off-Broadway. And, and then, um, and then I came out here and did it for a year at the what was then the Huntington Hartford, and then became the Doolittle, and then became, I didn't even know what the theater is. It's on Vine, <laughs> right there. Uh, it's a beautiful theater. Um, 
and I, 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 I started, I started writing. I just really started mm. writing songs and writing songs. And, you know, as a writer, you know, sometimes it's like, that's the time. And, you know, mm. I was doing the show and I was writing and we had a band and, mm. and it, you know, never happened again, but, you know, for that p- golden period of time, I had these musicians for, for free, you know, I mean, because <laughs> we were all working together. So it was like, Hey guys. So they would come with me and they'd help me, you know, they really were instrumental in putting the, a lot of the hooks together to my songs mm. and things like that. And then, and then once a week we would head over to this place called the Rose cafe. No, it just happened. <laughs> we called the Rose cafe and we had like a midnight show. And so, wow. all the, you know, like three of the band members from getting my act together would come over with me and we would do these shows. And, and it was, I mean, yeah, I was doing all sorts of drugs and things like that. So I wasn't mm-hmm. conscious all the time. Then <laughs> <laughs> they're done that bought the t-shirt no more, but, right. um, but, uh, it was also a really amazing, terrific time. And I, I you know, I wrote a lot of music yeah. and then after the show closed, I continued to gig for, you know, as, as I think I wrote in my most recent bio, I, I had, you know, I put bands together and had just a blast singing around town for no money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because singer songwriter, as I'm sure, you know, it's right. like, Hey, let me pick another profession that might be even harder than acting. Yes. Money. Yes. I know. Yeah. You know, philosopher the, is next. So anyway, the, the day that I released in my heart, in my head, that I just need to get this music out, whether I make a single penny from it or not, is yeah. when I started having the most fun. Sure. And, and you know what I mean? And yeah, I do. So, so that begs another question from me. You said that it's uh, sometimes hard to watch yourself. Do you like listening to mm, your own music? That's a good question. Or do you? That's interesting. Um, well, there's things I don't like listening to, but in general, I, I, I do, I don't mind. I, I like listening. Mm-hmm. I, I like listening. In fact, I can even, I even have an easier time watching music performances because, mm-hmm. well, because the club is, you know, like yeah. the amber gels in place, you know, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you're, so it's smoking dark. Um, and you know, I, I, uh, I love singing my music. Mm-hmm. I, I love the idea when you you know, sitting there and suddenly these people are playing this music that came out of your head. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the idea that just the whole thing of being a writer, you know, a uh, songwriter, a writer, writer is just, I mean, I, I think I'm speaking directly to somebody that must understand this, that, mm-hmm. that it's, it's to hear musicians then play this thing that just like, I made that up, you know, um, it, it, it's an, it's amazing. You know, I, I love it so much i i might love it more than acting i think i do you know because Mm -hmm. it it involves acting of course yeah yeah. do you still sing yeah i um well yes and no i mean i um that that would like pop me right into one of your other questions what am i doing (laughs) right now um (laughs) the the past um i don't know how much of my social media or any of that you guys have seen, but um, so I never know who knows what, but uh, the past four and a half plus years have been, um, have been the worst years of my life. Hmm. Um, 2000, November 29th of 2018, I lost my 19 year old daughter. Oh, um, uh, and speaking of the whole kid thing, 
uh, I didn't want to bring it up prematurely, but yes, I understand all of that, you know, that in retrospect with in inner light, because I was, my partner and I were in our forties when we had our children. I'm, my life was half over when I had my twins, mm. you know? Uh, and we worked for over four years to, to get them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was a miracle that we did. It was a miracle that they were beautiful, perfect boy, girl twins. And wow. I write this, but you know, we love them with the ferocious love reserved for lesbians, making children in their middle age, you know, <laughs> you know it's like nobody mm. <laughs> adores their children more. You know, when you, when you don't take it for granted really is what it boils. Down. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a joke there, but, but it really, it's just when you don't take it for granted mm-hmm. and you know how hard it is and you know what a miracle it is and it's what you want, then, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, so, you know, and it, and we had all sorts of problematic custody battles with our known donor, you know, and, and, and a lot of difficulties and, and still they were just the most gorgeous, you know, thing. So it, it, the, the irony of, uh, uh, of our daughter being taken in a catastrophic car accident at, eight, at 19 after everything we'd been through was, is just, you know, it's just beyond yeah, yeah. belief. Um, and and it, it's the reason that I my body's fallen apart. It's not even a woo-woo thing. It's like, you know, our bodies yeah. follow what's going on. You know, our bodies are what's going on. Um, but the, the thing in the midst of all that, to come around to the original uh, question is, uh, I never intended it for, for, for it to take quite as long, but then we don't. But um, I had written a solo show in, and and finally threatened to do it for years and years and years and years and years and writing stories on it and writing songs and stories and songs. Finally did it in 2017 at the LA Fringe Festival. It's called Spring Loaded. And it was, there were great things about it, but it was also sort of insanely half-baked, um, jumping off a bridge every night kind of thing. Mm. Um, but so I'd had that experience and I, 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 I had dipped my toe in that. So my daughter was an incredible artist and um, uh, she would have changed the world. Mm. That's, you know, yeah. long yeah. and the short of it. And a musician, singer, songwriter, she wow. just started her first year at UCLA musical theater department, which is like insanely hard to get into. Mm. And um, uh, she used to just give me such a hard time about not being all of the artists I could be. Um, you know, you have the most talent of all, you know, what the fuck is the matter with you? You know, <laughs> I mean, she was a hard yeah. ass and, and, and I was ca- counseled by the, the, the head of our school when they were growing up our progressive school, when I was, you know, saying, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to kill myself. My son is still here, but I'm going to curl myself into a ball. I have no interest in doing any kind of a career. Screw mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. And it was Sherry who said, no, <laughs> no, you go in there and you promise her that you'll do what she wanted you to. Mm-hmm. You'll do what you want her to. And I did. I did. Beautiful. I did. When I, you know, before we had to say our final goodbyes, but when I had my moment alone with her, I said, mm-hmm. I promise you, mm-hmm. I promise you. And the way that I fulfilled that promise, it became clear really, really fast 
was that I wrote um, a solo musical for um, for for Nora and for and a and a love letter to my family, you know, to my part four. And um, it's you know I had a first draft in the end of 2019, and the pandemic hit, and then you know so it's gone through. And then I found this wonderful art um, musical director um in 2021 and and he man i I mean he just he's the reason the score is what it is which Mm -hmm. is just woven in and out throughout the whole show and i'm like i don't know how to do that how who does that it's it's musical (laughs) it's musical um but it's finally it's finally i mean it's not finished because of course it's not finished but but Mm -hmm. it's finished i've done two readings living room readings and i i've been submitting it and i'm hoping to um and I'm going to keep submitting it. Uh, I keep getting like waylaid by by hospital events, but but um, <laughs> but I I'm going to continue to submit it. I'm I'm hoping to do a kind of a more full fledged reading before the end of the summer, um, and then you know by hook or by crook I will I will I will see that I will oh. see it happen. Absolutely, uh, we'll look forward to that then too. Okay. Yeah, you have to let us know. I will. It's called unconditional. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. So, wow. That's, uh, I can't even imagine so, so much of that. I, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, yeah. I, there's, I just real quick and then I need to stop talking cause I'll start crying. Um, but I wrote a song for our, my wife's aunt Connie, who was basically a second mom. She died from cancer and uh, she was the healthiest woman in the whole family too. It was quite a shock. Um, and wrote a song for her. Um, and it took me over a year to even think about writing another song. I just didn't feel like I could come close to getting deep enough down inside to have something come out, um, after that song. Cause that was gut wrenching. It was an honor too, though. It was like this amazing privilege to honor her in this way. <laughs> yeah. And the feedback I got was great, but, um, I just, I was like, I don't, I, I need to chill out and listen to other people's music and let it feed me for a while. Um, it's, it's when you write like that music is, I, I think the most powerful form of communication we have. And, uh, it just gets all kinds of people in different ways and it, it, it's gripping. And so when you're a songwriter and you're putting yourself out there like that, and it's your emotion and it's your experience. Oh yeah, it's drenching. It's, it's oh just yeah. Like, you, yeah, it's, it's yeah. exhausting too. In exhausting. a way, it's, yeah. You no, know, it's like why I keep. Why can't I just start writing the next edit? Why can't I start writing the next draft? Why? What is this two months in between? Because <laughs> because you're, yeah. you're you're throwing yourself against a brick wall every five seconds. But I but just P.S. And I'm sorry, Chris. We 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 get. <laughs> Uh, into this music thing and Adina too, but um, uh, I've got uh, some Brian, questions about the music thing, so I mean, I'm interested yeah. in this. Brian, link me up. Link me up. Send me a link. Would you cool. like cool. listen yeah. to stuff? Yeah, Great. absolutely. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. So no. Oh, go, 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 go. Oh yeah, I was just going to ask what your creative process is when you're coming up with music because I can come up with story ideas, but I just can't imagine anything harder than trying to make a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just sounds so daunting to me. I always started with, uh, well, not always. I most often, over the years, started with lyric, and then went to the music. Um, 
in my last four songs, uh, well, four of my last batch of songs before I did the 2017 uh, 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 solo show that I did then, you know, before everything happened in 2018, um, I, I started collaborating with, with musicians, you know, and I was doing the lyrics and, and because I'm not, I'm not technically adept, you know, I'm not, a, I'm a, I'm Beatles. I'm not a music reader. You know, I'm not a sight reader. Um, I play guitar, but workmanlike, not, not great. Um, so I, I worked with a great jazz guitarist who had, had, uh, uh, done all of the producing on this one, uh, this one uh, uh, not digital album that I made long ago. And then um, a, a brilliant keyboardist named Noriko Oling. And I wrote two songs with each of those dudes. And it was, you know, it's just, it was fabulous, you know, and they mm -hmm. said, no, this doesn't fit here. Come back. And, and so it's still a process, but, you know, working, collaborating. I love that. And then with this, um, so, so most often I would just, um, I would work with, with lyric and then music with this show that I wrote for my daughter, all bets were off. Yeah. You know, I literally, even though it sounds, I don't know, like a line or something, I literally had things dropped on my head at three in the morning, you know, just like, okay, thanks babe. You know, like <laughs> mm -hmm. I just, a, 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 a melody, you know, a line of this, that, you know, it was really a very, uh, I, I mean, it was a mad process, you know, it was, you know, I was in shock. I was in, you know, for the bulk of the whole first part of it, that wasn't all rewrites and new drafts and things like that, but just the bulk of the writing. And some of it, I, I'd, I'd written a big essay already because I'd started doing storytelling. I'd started doing uh, live storytelling and I'd written a, 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 a story called blue about about Will and Nora's birth, hmm. that Will was blue because he came out with the cord wrapped around his neck and Nora had the bluest eyes in the whole world. Hmm. So I wrote this story called Blue and I performed it a couple of times and that was one of my anchor pieces for my show. But but the, all the music was was insane. I would just get a piece, a piece here and a piece there and a line here and a line there and I wouldn't know how, it, because it, it's all very woven in. It's all very, you know, it goes in and out and, uh, a lot of the songs are two lines and then they come back again in two lines. So, um, but I, I don't, you know, I like collaborating, Chris, mm -hmm. you know, I like collaborating and, and I, I like writing the words <laughs> and then figuring out the music. <laughs> you, what do you do, Brian? Um, I'm, I, I'm a keyboardist and mm. I, I kind of feel like I'm maybe similar to you. Uh, I'm self-taught at the piano, but um, I'm not like the world's greatest piano player. So what I tend to do is just sit down and just start playing without anything and start humming and maybe I'll come up with the nice. melody. And uh -huh. then, um, but then sometimes the words come first without any music. It's, you know, it does hit me or I'll sit down to actually write something because some, I like just the working through that. You know, saying I'm going to intentionally try to be creative. Sometimes nothing but crap comes out. And sometimes you get something special. You get yeah. something that touches you. And when it touches me or makes an emotion rise in me, that's when I go, maybe this will work for somebody else then too. There you go. You know, yeah, and I so I work on that a little harder. But 
um yeah so it's it's very it varies for me but and i appreciate yeah. hearing all your process as someone who's i've played right half a dozen or more instruments but oh, i'm wow. not i'm not a I haven't in a long, actually, since my kids were born, that was the one thing that had to go. Just, I can't, can't do everything. Um, yeah. But I've never been able to write. I've never been a songwriter or music writer, but I've played a lot and in a lot of different genres and a lot of different instruments. And I love music. Although on the show, on, on our podcast here, we usually make fun of me because these guys talk about the scores to the movies and the shows we watch. And I usually don't pay attention to the scores, <laughs> but I do actually love music a lot. But I can't, I don't, I've never tried writing it. So I appreciate it because I, it to me, it's like poetry writing poetry, which is not something I write science and, fiction. I'm very technical. I'm very analytical. Um, I and can't speaking do of scores, the music to the inner light was <laughs> well, the particularly the, the, the melody. Is just, yes. uh, it, it makes me cry. Like <laughs> yes. I, going back to what Brian's saying, like I don't have kids yet and I, I want to more than anything, mm. but it gets me. Yeah. And the fact that he wakes up alone and he can never, like, I don't know how you can function when you've had this whole family 80 years, I think at this, at the point where he wakes up and they were all in his head and well, not, you know, they're in the probe, yeah. but the fact that he can never have that experience again. But he had, the he, the so he had a whole lifetime. He had more time than a lot of people get, you know, yeah. like, uh, that's amazing. And then he had something tangible to take with him. He had the flute and he had the knowledge. I, and Oh yeah. No, I appreciate yeah. that. It's just, I just can't imagine him waking yeah. up and being like, how do you, how do you process Absolutely. that? Well, yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. Like, I, that's why I want the part two episode where it's like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's unpack it. And you the fact that he's such an amazing father. It's like, I love Picard and to see him as a dad. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's one of the best. The things. stuff with his daughter reminded me a little bit of of my relationship with my dad because my dad was yeah. also an engineer nice. and instilled a lot of that in me. But it also instilled the whole you need to live your life. You know, you need mm -hmm. to, especially oh, when, when my yeah. well, when my dad was was when he was suffering from cancer in the last few months of his life, he was like, "Look, you got to live your life. You can't like upend your life for us for for oh. him." And to the point where he lied about his diagnosis to us which I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but, but he, um he had told me that his prognosis was one to two years and six months later he passed. And when he passed and to me, it was early and I'm like, what the bleep. And my stepmom, she admitted that he had, he had deliberately lied because he knew if he had told, especially me, if he had told me six months, I would have possibly upended my life, moved down to Florida and who knows what, which would have been, the wrong thing and he knew it so he knew he was basically protecting protecting us from uh from our bad decisions which and i was angry for a while about that uh, but I've, i'm over it i get it and he was right i think he was right because i think i would have probably made some bad decisions you know mm. but um very but yeah he was very much a you got to go live your life and i, I don't know it, it, I, it really reminded me of uh of us a little bit i may or may not have snuck the Jay Chataway's theme from the inner light into the prelude music at my wedding without uh, my wife knowing I, about I, it. I, I was just saying, I was just <laughs> going to say that I've had at least three or maybe four people over the years um, come up to me, both straight and gay couples and say, mm -hmm. we got married to the flute music. I love that. Yeah. That's you awesome. You know what? That's actually a good idea because Dylan and I have been talking. It's like, how can we incorporate Star Trek intro there weddings? 
and she follows a lot of groups and someone was like you should one person was like oh one thing you could do is get klingons to come to your wedding and just like not say anything this is I not think that. using the score is this a is much better. better option yeah <laughs> much better option it's more, it's, it's a little slightly classier <laughs> It's classier, and it's not like everybody in the wedding is right. going to be like, "Wait, what is this?" They're right, and it's, it'll just flow. Yeah, it'll just be beautiful music that flows. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. So Chris Speaks recently to... got engaged. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, and it's like watching Inner Light. It's like that's what I. That's where I hope we end up. Yeah, you know, they, because... yeah, it's a good marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, with that, let's just ask one or two more questions uh one of the things i i I think our fans would possibly want to know and fans of the show would be what else you know don't we know about you or what else are you passionate about i think we did get just a lot is there anything else that you haven't (laughs) talked about that you want to well um um you know i I'm, i'm passionate about us about getting getting abortion rights back mm-hmm. yeah that's a pretty big like oof. you think mm-hmm. uh you know i, I i'm i'm uh, in ter- i'm you know i'm i i i am a photographer i you know not maybe maybe a maybe a touch over uh amateur but you know not not a whole lot more than that. I love doing that. I'm an archivist. I'm, you know, mm. I'm like so you're a genealogist. I'm, I'm, I'm my family's archivist. I, you know, I, 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 the, the, the things that I have kept, I, I'm so grateful to have kept, you know, um, and I'm, and, and I can, you know, I want to keep performing, but I'm, but, but, but I really turn more to, towards writing, you know, and 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 I have to do everything I can to see out the uh, uh, having the production of of my show for Nora uh, uh, be realized. But beyond that, you know, it's I, I feel like the rest of of my working life, at least, and uh, 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 probably my whole life, because you know, old old artists never die they just keep to just keep doing what they do um it's it's going to be more uh, not that it won't be performing but uh, and i love music and i love performing my music but it's going to be writing you know it's mm-hmm. gonna i love i love i don't i, I hate writing but i love it <laughs> what, right. sorry you mentioned photography and i love photography what do what you? kind of photography do you oh enjoy i doing? i'm i'm just like everything else i'm self-taught and um I'm I'm technically s- sort of stupid, but I have a, a good eye and a, a, a tendency towards finding happy accidents. Mm. Um, so oh, those are the um, best. Yeah, right. Um, I started taking a, a lot of pictures when the kids were born, so um, I have just some killer, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of a whole. <laughs> many thousands but right. also i i we we had a place up in lake isabella up in the high desert you know and so i just started doing all those beautiful like browns and everything and the wildflowers and all that stuff um and i haven't i just haven't done as much in the past few years and and i love taking pictures of my iphone but there's you know i mean i it's it's I, you know, I need to get my camera out again. Or yeah. One of them, you yeah. know, it's, you're, it's you're, different. Because I like, I like using my phone too, but I like having a camera 
And I have to actually make time to just go out and just do photography Mm -hmm. again because I haven't done that in a long time. And you have your camera with you all the time. Your other camera, mine is sitting in a drawer in my closet right Mm -hmm. here. My son sometimes picks it up, but I haven't been taking it out. I think we tend to (laughs) stop as photographers, you know, unless it's our job, taking Mm -hmm. as many pictures uh, lately because we all have take pictures on our phones. And so we just, it doesn't seem this, it's not quite the same, you know? Um, it is, I mean, I, I still try to take great pictures with my phone, but, but it's not the same. It's not quite mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. And I feel like I missed out on, cause I know like when I got into photography, I think in my high school, the year before I closed the dark room. Mm-hmm. So if I got into it, like started doing it one year earlier, I could have seen a dark room and it's just having that experience of developing a photo, mm-hmm. which I Oops. haven't had. And I, I know. wonder. You've never done that? <laughs> I've, I've never, never done that. Oh, wow. I want to try and find a place yeah. that I can do it, but I feel like, am I, is, are we losing something? Even though it's still difficult, you still ultimately have to have a good eye. You can learn the technical stuff, but if you don't have a good eye, it's it's harder. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, and if you don't know the moment, it just boom, you know? Yeah, there's so many moments where I'd just be walking along and my best photos are, as you say, happy accident. You're somewhere yeah. not even really thinking about it. And then you see, okay, you've got to get out your camera right now. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've developed x-rays before in a dark room. Does that count for anything? That's cool, it's though. That's still yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. take the pictures, Definitely. though. A doctor I, I, did. A we'll all take it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay uh, Chris or Brian, do you guys have any last questions? I don't think I so. Feel, I feel complete. We talked about music. Yeah. I feel like I connected. Yeah. The music stuff is really interesting just because, music, again, so. Finding out how people write music to me is just like, it's magic. Like someone's like, oh, this would sound good in a song. I'll make it. So that, that was really cool. And then every now and then you think something sounds good and then you record it and you go, what in the heck? Was <laughs> what I, was I thinking? Right. Yeah. When I listen to a musical like Hamilton, like Jesus Christ Superstar and all these layers of all these songs, especially yeah. Hamilton, yeah. like yeah. I'm like boggled by Same. how that is created. I just, I, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very, I love musicals. Very, very slowly and carefully. That's how. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that that's that's fair. Yep. Cool. Well, Margo, many thanks to you so much for generously lending us your time. Well, what an enjoyable time I've had. Too. Oh, great! Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you guys. And I'd like to say to our dear listeners, we sincerely hope you had as much fun as a Trekkie at a Klingon karaoke night. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> I want to see that. I want to make that happen one year. We all got to do it. Right? Okay. Well, we invite everybody to connect with us by emailing your thoughts and ideas to the big sci-fi podcast at gmail.com or engage further with us and our thriving community by joining our Facebook group or following our updates on Instagram and Twitter, or subscribing to our YouTube channel where we offer engaging video content a couple times a year. <laughs> now, we're excited to say we've joined the mothership of all networks, the Trek mm-hmm. Geeks Podcast Network. And come and find us and many other stellar podcasts navigating through the cosmos at trekgeeks.com. Until our paths cross again, go well, treat each other kindly, and remember to live long and prosper. Stay tuned for the next thrilling installment of The Big Sci-Fi Podcast. (laughs) 